Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Alexandra Fine for Female Startup Club. Hello and welcome back to the show. It's Dune here, your host and hype girl. Today on the show, we have Alexandra Fine, one of the women behind Dame. Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women-powered resource for game-changing products for pleasure and supportive content. Through in-depth research, smart design, community input, and plenty of empathy, the Dame team has designed a line of exceptional tools to enhance sexual wellness for vulva havers and their partners everywhere. Dame is not only revolutionizing toys for sex, but changing the way we experience, understand, and explore sexuality as part of holistic well-being. Since 2014, the team has opened doors that have long been closed to the sexuality industry, becoming a key player in the movement to bring pleasure to the forefront of wellness. In this episode, we talk through her approach to building this business, crowdfunding, marketing, and how she uses the business challenges as her opportunities. You might have heard that Dame sued the MTA in New York and has had some pretty exciting stuff in the works these past few weeks, and we touch on that as well. But before we get into it, if you haven't already signed up to our newsletter, please make sure you do. I am told it's an absolute cracker, whether you are an entrepreneur or not. We list out cool jobs at female-founded companies. We spotlight other small businesses. We send through key insights from the show. And we tell you all the resources that we're using at the moment that might make your life easier too. You can go to femalestartupclub.com to sign up for free. Let's get into this episode. This is Alexandra Fine for Female Startup Club. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Alexandra, hi, hello. Welcome to the Female Startup Club podcast. Hi, dude. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. We have a lot to cover, lots of exciting stuff in the works. I always love to just start by getting you to actually introduce yourself in your own words and tell us what Dame is. I'm Alexandra Fun. I am, I think, a pretty weird person. I have a company called Dame Products. We make tools for sexual pleasure. So that looks like toys for sex. That looks like lubricants, body positioning pillows, content, courses. Those are all the ways that we are trying to help close the pleasure gap, help people honor their sexual pleasure. And yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's you. I mean, well, we love weird people on the show. I would say I'm probably kind of weird too. I'm, I'm down. I'm into that. Let's rewind. I know that you started somewhere in the vicinity of 2014 at the kitchen table, probably with humble beginnings. I think I read you had some silver coins in the mix somewhere. Can you take us back to that time? What got you thinking about starting this business? Where does your entrepreneurial story begin? My dad worked for the family business and my grandfather started. So um, that I was exposed to it. I knew what it looked like to work for yourself. I knew that you did not have to be brilliant to run a business. So that was definitely something that was interesting to me. I knew that that was definitely a, can be a powerful way of just being in control, of getting to be 
more of your full-ish self, whatever that means in the workplace. I knew that you could realize a lot of wealth that way too, that if you want a successful business, you can either sell that business or it can, you know, generate decent cash flow for you. So I think just witnessing the family business has made me want to be entrepreneurial. But then my passion was really for passion. Like I was really just fascinated by both like this experience of sexuality, pleasure, being a woman and that intersectionality of those things of like, you know, my first kiss feeling like the guy was high fived and like I was like shamed. But we had like, we did the same thing together. I don't understand why we're getting different responses. So I think that really sparked something in me. And it just felt like so much burden of sexual pleasure, of intimacy, yeah, of strong intimacy was put on just women. And I wanted to, that's kind of where my like education flew. I was really into sexuality and sexual pleasure. I ended up getting my master's in clinical psychology at Columbia, but realized like I'm pretty impatient and that I didn't think going and getting my PhD in for another like six years was really what was going to feel fulfilling to me, fulfilling me with passion. So I ended up working in consumer goods after getting my master's in clinical psych. And um, I loved it. It just wasn't theoretical. It was pretty tactile. It was like nice to like do something and see the results pretty quickly. And then I was like, okay, how can I combine my passion for pleasure and intimacy and talking about this topic that impacts us so much that we can't seem to figure out how to talk about with owning a business. And it was just so apparent. Like once that clicked for me that like, oh, toys for sex, sexual pleasure products, there's a whole industry that I don't feel like is innovating in their product category. And I don't feel like they're marketing to me in a way that resonates with my experience with these products. So that just felt like, great, that's an opportunity right there. And that was kind of where the idea started. I had a first product idea that was Eva, the hand-free vibrator that you can wear while you're having penetrative sex. Most people with vulvas need clitoral stimulation in order to have an orgasm. So this provides that. And we launched a uh, partnered with uh, MIT engineer who helped me iterate on that concept. We launched it on Indiegogo and raised $575,000 in 45 days. So it was a really tremendous way of starting a business. How did you come up with like a prototype to even begin with? And then what was leading you towards the crowdfunding? Like how come you weren't like, let's go get VC dollars or like, let's put our own money into it. What was the journey there? Yeah. So we did put our own money into it. You know, there was like a year of work before we got the crowdfunding to your point, you know? And I think if you have a product idea, there's a good chance you could start making it in your home in some way. And that's like what I did. Also, I did get my art minor, which was ended up being very, I have a minor in fine arts, was very helpful in this endeavor and starting a business. The first thing I did was I took a half dollar coin, I wrapped it in some cellophane and I put it in between my outer labia and it stayed in place. And I was like, oh, wow, like this part of your body can hold something. 
So that was like arguably my first prototype. And then from there, I got moldable plastic and I molded it around the pancake motor, which is a vibrating motor type. And I started making vibrators and trying those out by taking apart other vibrators and using moldable plastic. I was able to make it stay in place. I started having friends come over to try it out. All of this is easier if you're not making a sex toy too, you know, because it's easier to get your friends to come over and try out whatever else it is that you're designing or creating. Um, But my friends are pretty awesome about it. And I learned really quickly that, you know, it needed a movable part in order to adjust to not only different body types, but also as we open and close our legs and move our bodies. So I started, you know, iterating there. I joined a makerspace and started to learn how to 3D print. And I started going to like founders meetups where I eventually got put in touch with this MIT engineer named Janet Lieberman, who was able to do everything I was doing much better. So so she took like this like 3D printed product that I was starting to make and she went home, she tried it. She was like, oh, this is, I can make this. Like, I totally understand what you're going for here. This is really informative. And then she was able to design a 3D model really quickly or much faster and start testing that with real people. Um, And when we got it to a place that we felt really comfortable with and started finding a supply chain, that's when we went to Indiegogo. So I had purchased like a 3D printer. I already wasn't working a full-time job. These are important. Yeah, these are important moments. (laughs) Yeah, I got, I was working on the product by myself and then I got let go from the startup I was working on. And I think that was like, it was so awful. I was 25, 26. I, you know, was like a straight A student. I never thought I would get fired. That was not something I'd ever considered. And so it was really tough for me. And it ended up being amazing. It was the silver lining. (laughs) It was such a silver lining. I feel like that happens often in life moments that feel like problems are often really opportunities and that was really the case for me like I was already working on Dame and the first product Eva and then I I mean I was kind of applying to jobs but I just started working on it more and more and more I was living in my grandma's pool house which was a huge privilege so I didn't have to worry about rent then I met my co-founder and I had some savings and she had a little bit of savings. So he put it in and we bought a 3D printer and started working with a marketing agency to help us put together the crowdfunding campaign. And then we launched. And I know you, you also asked why crowdfunding. I think that if you have a physical product offering, crowdfunding can be a really powerful way of getting your first injection of capital is likely to be some of, could be your most expensive or it probably will be your most expensive capital. And um, I think it really depends on what kind of company you're trying to start. But for me, there was just no way 26-year-old Al with her bag of prototype vibrators 
was convincing a VC to invest in them. Also in 2014, or I think it was 2016 when you did the campaign. It was 2014 when we launched the campaign, 2015 when we started shipping. So it was even like 2013 when I started having the idea. And, you know, I remember I applied to an accelerator where somebody asked me if it was a joke. They asked me if the company concept was like a joke. And male or female? (laughs) Who asked you? I don't know, but like, we know. We know. We know. We know. know. (laughs) So it was like an accelerator where the judges like gave you written feedback. And that was supposed to be like, hey, look, at the very least, you're going to get written feedback from some experienced entrepreneurs. And, you know, I got one that was really helpful and took it seriously. And one that literally, that was the whole thing they wrote was like, is this a joke? Um, yeah, it was really disheartening. But then there were other moments where like I went to go get a patent. And because the way the product works is really unique and I wanted to protect it. And I got into a entrepreneurial program with Fish and Richardson where they did not charge me for the, for the legal work until like later on in the business and there were two female lawyers and they totally got the concept and they were like yeah we'd love to do this work for you so that was like a moment of real validation in the direction I was going so I really like I look back and I'm like wow had I not gotten that validation and maybe only gotten some of this negative feedback early on like I wonder if I would have kept on going, it's really important to also like create your own validation and, and not to lie to yourself, but like create a survey, go on Google survey. I think is what it's called where you can like pay some people to like, are you interested in this? Like, does this product or offering seem like something you would use or go interview people in the niche that you're in or whatever it is, because It's important to have conviction in what you're doing. A hundred percent. And I mean, for you, you had, obviously you have that moment with those two female lawyers who gave you conviction in what you were doing, gave you the confidence boost, but then you obviously go through this crowdfunding campaign. You raise half a million dollars. I think your goal was something like 50,000 or 38,000 or something, a lot smaller. You sell 10,000 units. It takes off. Do you think that was because of the planning and the marketing agency doing something extra special than usual? Or do you think it was just truly right place, right time, it hit the right people and it just spread? Yeah, I think a little bit of both, but mostly the latter. I think that when you find product market fit and people really want it, that's really important. But it's kind of twofold because it was also timing. So one, I think that Eva as a product concept was, it is a product that a lot of people desire and want. So if you have something like that, if you have a great product, not just a great, but also a unique product, then crowdfunding, press, those things will kind of come to you. I think we did do a great job of articulating the problem There's a pleasure gap. Women are four times more likely than men to say sex is not at all pleasurable. People with vulvas need more clitoral stimulation. Here's a product that gives you more clitoral stimulation. 
in a way that's going to likely work with your current sexual practices. So that really resonated. I also think we did a great job in the video of explaining like, this is how far along we are on the prototype, like convincing people that we could actually make the product. And I do also think it was like culturally decent timing. We really were the first female team to come together to make a product, to make a vibrator. And like, just nobody's even done that before, really, which is wild. And that is so wild. My God. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah. And like, it's a little hyperbolic. Like, you know, Babeland existed. Babeland is a sex toy shop. And that was started by women. And I imagine that at some point they probably white labeled and made some product, but really they were a store first. You know, we really were innovating on the product category. So I don't know. I do think that was really timing. You know, that was just like us existing and like feeling the pull of the universe into the space that the universe was ready for. But then on the flip side, it feels like the universe wasn't ready for it because been a really eye-opening experience to watch the world change around this conversation like 2014 versus now um, talking about women's pleasure and talking about sexual pleasure as part of the public discourse has like that's, that's just completely shifted so that's been really cool to be a part of that wave yeah pioneering that change and being you know the voice for women everywhere I love it if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I want to switch a little bit to marketing because I know that you have obviously had a lot of challenges in this space. You know, it's typically one of those categories that falls under the umbrella of taboo, which, you know, is wild. But I feel like you've probably got some real gems in how you got the word out in the beginning, how you were spreading the message. Um, Obviously, you had the Kickstarter campaign, but following that, those next few years, And I want to talk about it because I read an article you were saying somewhere online that you were accustomed to coming up with creative solutions when capital wasn't readily available to you. And I want to understand what are some of those creative solutions you were doing over the years? Dad, I said it that well. Like that was a quote where I'm like, nah, I probably said it less eloquently. Um, But I think just like if you make great products, like that's really important. Say something powerful. Um, say something like if in your marketing you can really have a conversation that prickles people's ears, that gets people interested in wanting to have a conversation back with you. I think that's really important. I think it's important in the same vein there, things that are gonna get press's attention which is kind of, that's twofold, but if you can get press attention, you don't need to, that's earned media. Earned media is so powerful. There's free ways of getting people to talk about your brand by, you know, like for us, like our challenges, we just try to turn that into our opportunities again. So as much as we could. Do you have an example? Yeah, like the MTA campaign or when Facebook shut down our ads, we try and get journalists to talk about our initiatives there and the challenges we're having because then we're getting the advertising. And I think in both of those instances, they really spark a fascinating conversation around why is this a taboo? Like how the taboo gets created in the first place. I think it took me a second. I I don't love complaining. And sometimes those things felt like I was complaining but they are my real experiences with platforms preventing me from growing my business. And they also are preventing my business from realizing its mission of honoring sexual pleasure and helping consumers and people honor their sexual pleasure as a key part of their well-being. But if we're not allowed to hold space for those conversations, then like what we're implicitly telling people is that their sexual pleasure isn't important. And that all of these other things are like, you know, for example, in the MTA, like where we couldn't run ads, like, you know, there were ads for breast augmentation. That's apparently important. There's ads for erectile dysfunction medication, which is 
They're both important. Everything is important and valid. And those are, it's a real need that consumers have, but so are sex toys. And we should be allowed to advertise as long as we're not making people feel aroused on the subway. I see no reason why we can't advertise. In fact, I think my whole mission at Dame is also to help people understand the importance of having public conversations around sex. So this way we can have clearer boundaries around what is okay and what is not okay. I think that what we're doing is helping stop people masturbating on the subway, not encouraging it. You know, I've experienced that here in New York and it's awful. It's an awful experience. You've just announced this crazy news, crazy win for you guys. But basically to backtrack for anyone who is listening in and doesn't know what the MTA is, which was me before, you know, I looked it up. MTA is the New York Metropolitan Transport Authority, I think it stands for. And basically it's the subway. And you as a company sued them some year. You sued them at some point. And can you explain like the context of that process? Like how much does it cost to sue the MTA, by the way? Are you allowed to talk about how much the legal fees for this were? I think I am. I'm never like, there's definitely things I'm not supposed to talk about, but like, I'm really bad at not talking about things. I really feel like just like in sex, like honest, open conversations about money are so important. So yeah, we went to go run ads. They said we could run ads and they decided that we couldn't say that no sexually oriented business could run ads. But clearly there were lots of other sexually oriented businesses that were running ads. So getting clearer on what that meant, it really impacted the business. Like we had planned for it and I tried to get some press around it. We got some press, but ultimately I decided like a lawsuit would be in our best interest in that it would hopefully make real change. It would hopefully allow us to advertise and that it would help push forward an important conversation that would hopefully get us earned media. So like it seems in alignment. I found a lawyer and I think the whole lawsuit, I want to say cost like $300,000. There's a lot of money. I can't tell you about the settlement, but I can tell you that like, for me, the experience was worth it in like brand equity. You know, I think it was one of the most powerful marketing campaigns. It's a really sticky story. And it's weird because like very few people start a company to sue people, right? Like, does that feel like it's going to push us forward in the direction of whatever we're trying to grow at Dame? It really took me a while to like sit with that thought before I was like, no, I'm going to spend money, some of which are like investors' dollars. And investors were kind of like, you're going to do what? You want to get into a lawsuit? That sounds like a distraction. That sounds like going to be a big money suck. But it, I think like, acknowledging the ways that it could impact us negatively helped us just plan for that. I just made sure that I wasn't giving a lot of time to the lawsuit, only was involved in things that were really important. I tried to, you know, bring it into the narrative of what we do at Dame often. And yeah, I think it was a solid decision. That's just so wild and so amazing. Obviously, congratulations. Go you. 
what a triumph in the business, but also in the landscape, because of course this, you know, opens the way for so much to come. I hope so. I think so. Have the ads gone up on the MTA? Yeah. They're out. <laughs> yeah. If you're in your city subway, there's a 10% chance you will see our advertisements. I mean, I do think it's a huge step in the right direction. Technically, we ended up settling, but a lot of the press coverage just says we won, which I think is really fascinating because, you know, it's tough. Like, I don't think I got everything I wanted, but, or I, I, I know I didn't, but my intention was to run advertisements. And I think that getting to run any ads on the subway system is a step in the right direction, that it does help change the landscape, change the conversation. So that's really exciting, and I really hope that I get to work with the MTA again and continue to, like, shift that landscape and our understanding and make people feel comfortable so that they can have empowered sexual experiences. Yeah, that's so exciting. And do you think, like, you'll pursue that kind of approach when it comes to other platforms, like, that are, you know, holding you back from the advertising that you want or has that already started to shift anyway when it comes to like the Facebook metas of the world? No, but here's what the lawyers tell me that it would be pretty hard. Like the subway system is a government entity. So it has to abide by certain rules that private organizations don't necessarily have to. So it gets pretty challenging there. It's definitely something I've considered and thought about. I do feel like, especially with Facebook and such a big company, like, you know, I'm not the only one that's impacted. I speak to companies that sell menstruation products, menopause products. They all have issues around this idea that their products are inappropriate for the world when really, like, we're just trying to bring value to life experiences that are real life experiences for a lot of people. And it's so infuriating just to see the ways in which these businesses and organizations are stifled. Because at the end of the day, I think it really does stop, again, mostly women, mostly people with vulvas from having a higher quality of life because they can try a healthier tampon or learn more about menopause or you know, buy a safe vibrator that feels really good and helps them have, you know, more pleasure in their life. Like, oh, it's been frustrating. I mean, it's mind blowing. It really is mind blowing. I'm I'm sure there's not a woman out there that can't agree with that. That's just crazy. It's crazy. It's obviously a challenge that you'll have to, I guess, battle with constantly. Yeah, no, it is. And and I want to say it does feel wild, but there's also like, you know, I am trying to shift our cultural conversation around something we don't like to have a conversation about. So it's both wild, it's why the business exists. And there are like legitimate concerns around what like we should and shouldn't be advertising. Like I wouldn't want to see advertisements in the world that are arousing in public or inherently erotic. So like, which by the way, I think we do all the time for like clothing companies and like other brands, like we use sex to sell other things. So I do think it's a really important conversation and a challenging one, but I do feel that vibrators aren't inherently arousing or acknowledging them. So yeah. And 
people always ask me about like, what about the kids? Did the kids see it? I think the kids, kids need to see it. They need to see it. <laughs> Yeah, they need to see it they, earlier. They need to see it much earlier. They need proper sex ed. <laughs> they need proper sex ed. They do. And I think like usually I like to ask, what is it that you're feeling? Because I think really what people are saying is like, I actually don't have the language to have these conversations. And it makes me uncomfortable to think about having to explain it. So I'm like, well, that's that's exactly why you need us. Like, let me help you have those conversations. Let's talk about it. And hopefully for younger generations, it is really different. Hopefully for younger generations, they have different kinds of sex ed. They have more companies supporting them, more brands supporting them, more open conversations around it. 100%. What do you think is important advice for entrepreneurs coming into 2022? I think the advice I'm going to give is probably just universal to any time, which is like, it's really important to be aligned like within yourself. Like what is it that you want? Why do you want to start a business? Get really clear about that for yourself and then own that. You know, like at the end of the day, you have to like live with all of the decisions that you make. It's really, running a business is, is tough. I think it's a lot of emotional labor. You have to make decisions where there isn't like a right answer. There's a your answer. And it's important to just sit with those questions and decide what you want to do based on like what feels good to you. Like that's a big thing that I've learned from sex education, sexual pleasure, you know, like it's important to know what feels good in our bodies and why and to explore that and to do things I think that feel good. So like if you're going to let somebody go, how much severance should you give them? Like if you're... You want to raise capital. Why do you want to raise capital? How much money? What's your end goal here? And I just think it's important to like know what you really want and to take a breath every now and then and to just know your own intention. Absolutely. Thank you for that. We ask a series of six quick questions at the end of every episode, some of which we might have covered, some of which we might not have, but I ask them all the same. Question number one is, what's your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? I do what I do because I I believe sexual pleasure is important. And I want people to know it and to rethink about it and to have more pleasure. A hundred (laughs) percent. We all need it. Question number two, what's been the number one marketing moment that made the business pop? I think it's when we sued the New York City subway system. It's a pretty big one. (laughs) That was a pretty big one. We were also on Megyn Kelly Today Show. That was a big moment for us. And the first Indiegogo campaign was a large moment for us. Mm -hmm. Question number three is where do you hang out to get smarter? What are you reading to or listening to or subscribing to that would be good for other founders to take note of? There's just so many, like I have like an executive coach and that's so helpful. And like, I like reading Professor G, Scott Galloway's stuff around marketing. He's really informative and interesting. I do love reading too. So like right now I'm reading the Netflix book, the No Rules Rules. Oh, I don't know that one. I haven't heard of it. And then I also do find that like another book I read that I did, was really helpful too was like 
the um, the way of integrity by Martha Beck. So I really also like things that help me just sit and get in tune with like who I am and what I want. So I'm going to link them all in the show notes for anyone who wants to check those out. Question number four is how do you win the day? What are your AM or PM rituals and habits that keep you feeling happy and successful and motivated? Honestly, okay, I am a really big fan of five minute journal, but now I often just like yell them out loud at my husband, like just the three things I'm grateful for. Like what would make today a great day? I love that question, thinking about that in the morning. And then spending some quality time with my daughter is really nice. And um, usually that happens in the morning. And then like a joint at night is, you know, (laughs) really helpful for me. Winds down the day. Yeah. Winds down the day. Sometimes I think it's even just the breathing exercise of just like sitting outside and like, I think I'm doing something. So that makes it okay to slow down. And then really it just slow down. And it's so nice. And I have so many good ideas, or I think they're good ideas. And <laughs> <laughs> I smoke, or if I go for a walk, or if I just do something that really helps me slow down, I realize like I can think better. Because um, I can be go, 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 go a lot of the time. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Question number five is, if you were given $1,000 of no strings attached to grant money, where would you spend that in the business? And it's to highlight, I know it's not a lot of money. <laughs> it's to highlight where the most important spend of a dollar is for you. It's a great question. Um, I think for, that's tough because every channel, depending on what we're doing in each channel can be different. So, and I think, you know, I'm getting hung up on the thousand dollars, like affiliate marketing has been really powerful for us. So I think a thousand dollars into press in some way. I think it would be like towards a somebody that could help me do press, which is I think interesting because I think a lot of times PR agencies can feel like hard to see the return on. So that's been really let's try and put it. Mm-hmm. And last question, question number six is how do you deal with failure? What's your mindset and approach when things don't go to plan and fall to pieces? <laughs> I think taking a second to realize what did work is really helpful and honoring that because I also think that as a leader, sometimes things can seem really successful, but it doesn't meet your expectation. And like, but your team still worked really hard and there was a lot of things that were really successful. So making sure that like I take the time to see that and acknowledge it also not only is good for the team, but then I realize that it helped me too. So there's that. And, um, yeah, just, I think taking a second to see what was successful about it, there is, there's always a learning. Mm-hmm. Always a learning. So true. And it's okay to fail, you know, like failure's good. So like honoring that I think is important. I'm so with you. It's still hard sometimes, you know? It is hard sometimes. It is. Sometimes you're like, I don't want to get out of bed today. <laughs> yeah. I also want to say a thousand dollars maybe to UX, you know, like sometimes like a little change in your conversion rate and your website can make a huge difference in everything else you're doing. So bottom of the funnel, really good too. Love that. Haven't had that on the show as one of the answers. So grateful for it. <laughs> this was so fun. 
Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing bits and pieces of your story and what you're doing in the world. You're just a superstar. I love it. Thank you. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. (laughs) 